1: Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going?
2: I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, we are joined by Jake Rosen as well today. Jake, how's it going?
0: I'm good. I appreciate you guys for having me on today.
1: Yeah, um, before we start, um have to announce uh, what's going on. Unfortunately, this is my last episode um, with Prepta Pro. Pro. Um, unfortunately, just not able to continue uh, on with the podcast. And that's why I didn't say special guest, Jake Rosen, because uh, even though I will be gone and the podcast will live on, um, it's not dying. Don't worry. So Jake is taking over my spot as as co-host. So he and Max will be keeping up the, the weekly or bi-weekly episodes. Um So yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy, awesome ride these last 10 months and I think 80 or so episodes, but we're doing this one last one, normal, um, with the three of us. Um, So yeah, let's just get into it and it's going to be a good one.
2: It is going to be a good one because Ben, we're talking Sharif Cooper, he he played a college basketball game and I'm very excited about it because it was... It didn't answer all the questions, but it was uh, it was a compelling debut. Um, so the reason that, that I love Sharif Cooper was advantage creation and then an ability to do something with it. that as a high school player, he was a guy who just was getting deep paint touches on every single possession, truly whenever he wanted, and it looked easy all the time. and that's what it was in game one against SEC competition without playing a competitive basketball game in probably close to a year. Um, Sharif Cooper, would, no one could stay in front of him until the, the waning minutes of the game when, when I would imagine he was pretty gassed um, and they, they, they started to adjust to him defensively some. Uh, but Sharif was just creating advantages over and over and over again. Um, in a way that, that I don't think we've really seen from from anyone in this class, honestly. Like, like yes, Cade, Cade is a very, very consistent advantage creator, but I don't think it ever looks this easy. Um, this, this was kind of unique and looked a lot like the prospect that I was really excited about as a potential lottery guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, first off, before I get started on Sharif, I do want to just say thank you to Max for kind of reaching out and giving me the opportunity. And of course... Um, Ben, you've done such an amazing job building this up. Uh, I know a ton of people that this has not only sparked their interest in NBA Draft, but it's become something they routinely listen to and get their ideas and takes from. And just you guys have done a really great job of building up the NBA Draft fan base, I guess, uh, just from Twitter. And so it's pretty special to get to be a part of that. And I look forward to having the pleasure of talking hoops with Max Carlin every week, I guess. (laughs) Okay, back to Sharif though, because me and Max are both very big Sharif fans. Um, I think Ben is going to come around eventually, but yeah, just I want to echo everything Max said, and we're going to talk about how to like uh, how the right way to evaluate high school guards um, later in the episode because I've definitely gotten burned on that a few times. But Sharif Cooper is, is the right way, and it's consistent, constant advantage creation. It should look easy. It should look like you can get in the paint at any time. It should look like you can make every pass in the book. And that's exactly what Sharif did. Um, I mean, I tweeted this, like if I had to clip every Sharif pass or possession that seemed like clip worthy to most other guard prospects, I I think I would run out of storage on my computer by the end of the, uh, by the end of the season, because there's literally it's every single possession he's getting to the paint he's looking off one defender he's throwing a skip pass on the move with his left hand like there are so many nuances of this performance which I'm sure we'll get into later and I have a few notes on that but just overall like like Max said didn't answer all the questions like there's are still scoring concerns there's are still shooting concerns the defense is always going to be there or lack thereof but I, I think it, it was about as good of a debut as you could ever ask for
1: yeah, as the resident Sharif Cooper skeptic, um, at least preseason. I mean, re- relative. I say I I saw the appeal. Certainly, uh, I saw like I, I, I had more concerns, and I was kind of in wait and see mode. I mean, some people I think are like kind of, were kind of like out on him as a real prospects, and I mean, I always believed in him to some extent. But I, I think this game definitely abated some of my concerns, but some were still present. The big concern that this game kind of. Um, answered not not answered, but addressed to me was his passing, which looked way better than I anticipated. So so um, much better. So much yeah, better like, Sharif you, yeah. I even then the people yeah, who were high on him. Yeah. I mean Sharif, I mean I mean I mean I think Max and I were, and Jake were pretty like I don't think any of us had um wildly different ideas of what his passing was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a pretty good passer, not special, um, obviously aided by his really ridiculous rim gravity and constant deep paint touches, as you said, but he, he, he was kind of more of a kickout artist. Like he would knife into the lane, you know, on, on every play and he would regularly hit shooters. Um, but he wasn't really advanced with manipulation. Wasn't really an advanced pick and roll operator in, in, in AAU or or high school really didn't have, uh, a ton of laydowns in in his bag, but all of that, um, <laughs> he looked like. I mean, he looked like a totally different passer. Um, like manipulative laydowns and lobs to cutters, uh, wrap around passes and the pick and roll. Um, just something I totally didn't see coming at all. Considering I thought those passes were kind of a blind spot for him. Um, and to see him make that significant of a pass, you know, obviously it's just one game, but those weren't like he made like his five best passes I've ever seen him make in that one game.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it was probably near consensus that Sharif was like a very good to great passer, but definitely not a special one. So yeah. it sounds like Ben maybe was a little bit lower on that and on that, but, but somewhere in that spectrum. Yeah. Um. And I think that he looked a lot closer to a special passer in this game that he threw two, two or three of the best like interior wraparounds that any prospect has mm-hmm. thrown this year he threw a couple of really incredible manipulative passes that, that one, that live dribble righty one uh, where he, where he looked off the tagger and hit the ghost cutter for a lob. I was so nasty. I I
0: have in my notes that that was the best pass I've seen all year. Um, Yeah. The best pass I've seen all year.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. The, there's a Cade one to one of the Boone twins, like wrapped around Kevin Samuel. That's really nuts. Um,
0: there
1: are like the a few, jumping one, or there are a
0: few, yeah, nice um, things, but here's like a jump rap. The one, the one which I, that the one why that Sharif passed like really like I had to watch that probably like five or six times is that like not only is it manipulation, like I see you, I'm, I'm like it's like the layers that he achieved. Herb Jones is a pretty smart team defender, like that's his calling card. And he Herb Jones was tagging the role, and basically, like Sharif just had the ball like in this live dribble, like pocket pass formation where most guys would just try to like rifle in that pass the tag, like you said. And in theory, Herb Jones is in perfect position. But what Sharif did is like he literally just had Herb Jones staring down that tag man forever and which invited the ghost cutter to just kind of sneak behind him. Like when that ball is up in the air, you'll see Herb Jones try to run back to the corner to close out. Cause that's where he thinks think his sure. man Sharif is.
2: Makes it look like he's skipping that to the corner.
0: Yep. Like he, he makes it look with the angle that he brings it up with. He looks like he's going to like, right like you said, skip that to the corner or lay it down to the tag, which in theory Herb Jones would be in perfect position. Once he sees that ball in the air, he literally goes to sprint to the corner. Cause that's where he thinks JT Thor is. And Sharif hits him with this like fake little lob to the perfect spot for a dunk it was nuts
2: yeah he like in terms of because the functionality was so crazy the way that he was just whipping passes off a live dribble with both hands like it in terms of smoothness off the dribble it looked like kyra but mm-hmm. like it, instead of kyra being a pretty basic passer who was just sort of capitalizing in his own scoring gravity it was this high 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 level manipulator with really really you know, diverse deliveries and just an incredible understanding of of how the defense was moving in response to him. It was, it was really magnificent. Like as Jake said that there were so many clips that you could pick out as unbelievable passes and it was just like possession after possession after possession with unbelievable pass. And, and again, I just want to emphasize how easily he was creating them because his advantage creation is just so, so crazy. And, it, and I don't think it looks that impressive at all times. Like, s- certainly when he breaks out, you know, his most ridiculous dribble combos, like, those look insane. And he has that. He absolutely has that. Like, Sharif has an unbelievable handle um, that he sells incredibly well. Um, but it, it often doesn't look that difficult for him, where it's just like he, you know, he just uses really, really precise and efficient footwork and just explodes downhill. And it's kind of hard in like, in that it's, it's just so sudden and done with, with such a, such an efficiency of movement that he just blows by guys. And, and he has, you know, exceptional burst to go with that, but, but there's, it just looks incredibly easy for him to to get paint touches whenever he wants, and and the fact that he's both this brilliant reactive passer and now seems to be showing off that he is a high 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 level manipulator, um, that's a really scary proposition.
1: Reef yeah. is like the king of our friend above the break three. P. D. Web's uh, heuristic for evaluating guards. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just go through the go through the prongs. It's um, easy buckets in the half court, average degree of difficulty degree of difficulty of the average bucket how dramatic is the space creation look at the passing windows and show me the special and i mean sharif cooper checks every single one of those boxes like and that, that's what we were talking about him yeah. in the summer. yeah his ability to just generate easy buckets like like his highlight tape is going to be yes like full of those I mean, full of those, you know, crazy crossovers, and as his shooting progresses positively, you know, there'll be some off triple threes. He's not going to shoot one for seven every game, but that's a that's something we'll get into in a little bit, I'm sure. But you know, you'll see just open layups and open layups and open layups, and that's what you want from um, elite guard prospects. And I mean, that's just a pretty good indicator that I think Sharif, um, you know, despite being as small as he is. Definitely has some real lead guard equity, um, or at least more than I kind of originally credited them for.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think and another point that I'll make is like everyone's gotten burned on overreacting to a debut or the first time you saw a guy like I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it. But like where I don't necessarily think like I'm not going to say it's impossible to overreact to the Sharif debut. But I think there are a lot of takes that, like, I would be more welcoming to that others might say, oh, that you're reaching, like, that's a one game of reaction. And the reason for that is, like, like Max said, like, everything was so easy. It was so repeatable. And I tweeted it, like, him getting into the paint and him manipulating and knifing up the defense, like, that can, he can do that every game. That was an SEC defense who was giving him hard hedges and, yes, the ball screen's Arm did a great job setting high ball screens and a great job sending cutters to the basket for him to find lobs. Like I'm not denying all that. However, it wasn't like he was on this pull up shooting rampage. that isn't sustainable. Like Ben said, he went one for seven. He's a great finisher as for a guard. And it wasn't like he was making all these insane finishes that he's never going to be able to make again on a consistent basis. Like I I feel like it's kind of sounds crazy to say, because I think he had like 28 and nine or something crazy like that. But like, I, I didn't watch this game live and on the second rewatch and think, oh, Reef couldn't do that multiple times again. Like, I didn't think this was an outlier game by any means. Maybe on the box score, like maybe he doesn't get as many ticky tack fouls that he ended up getting. Or I don't know, maybe he doesn't get like a transition layup here and there. So the actual box score impact isn't the same. But I think just yeah. the pure advantage creation. And the advantage opportunities that he creates for his teammates on a consistent basis, I don't think that's really going away anytime soon.
1: How good of a finisher do you guys think Sharif can be at his peak? Because obviously, like like you mentioned, that game uh, six for nine at the rim. Like right now, I mean, ten free throw attempts. That's you know might not be sustainable, but I mean, obviously, Sharif has a really unique guard finishing packages in that his body control and balance and touch are all like really special and make up for the fact that he's, you know, five ten and doesn't weigh anything at all. Um, so I mean that, that question being, you know, especially as he plays high level defenses in the NBA and, you know, hopefully one day in the playoffs, how good of a guard finisher can he really be?
2: My, my Sharif finishing take has always been that. I think he can have, he can be a high volume guard finisher on fine efficiency, um, while getting fouled a ton, um, so, so he is an like an unbelievably special guard finisher, but he was getting blocked constantly in high school and AAU. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had played a, a full college season, I imagine he would have led the NCAA in shots blocked. I think he also probably would have shot fine because when when he gets them off, he's probably going to make them. He's such an advanced guard finisher; like, he has truly every single craft finish you could ever imagine, and then more that you that, that you couldn't imagine. Um, like saying that his body control is special is like legitimately undersells it because it's, it's one of a kind. Um, so I think, I think he can have high volume, fine efficiency. And because he is small and has such good, um, craft and is already an accomplished BS foul drawer, I think he could really live at the line. Um, and so overall, I think you're looking at a pretty devastating slashing point guard. Uh, even though he's five eleven or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I, I I think he's gonna be like a very like good anecdotal finisher, if that makes sense. Like when you yeah. watch him, you're like, oh my god, this dude's a crazy finisher. And then you go look I at the numbers. Him. You look at the numbers. You're like, ah, oh, like he's maybe not as efficient as I thought. But at the end of the day, like he's six one buck 70 like he's not going to be I love how he's
2: growing with each one of us talks about him and he's growing
0: <laughs> I, think so. I think I don't he, know I think he he's six one I think he's, six. I, I I, I think he's like
2: six I think he's like six foot and a quarter inch or something uh, that's fine I think, I think he's
0: six I think he's six um but anyway it's like for a six foot guard who is rather skinny I think he's going to be a high-end finisher for that archetype like I'm comfortable saying that does that correlate to like above average NBA like when you you compare him to all NBA players is is he going to be an above average finisher probably not Um, but for his role I think uh, and Max said like I want to emphasize the foul drawing he is gonna piss so many dudes off it already started to happen yeah it's, it's really <laughs> like trey in like, the second in the second really. half of that auburn game and that auburn alabama game i was legit laughing like watching dudes were trying to get up in his stuff and like poke and and i mean he's a smaller guard so the counter of that is usually be physical rough him up a little bit and he throws out these like he'll flail his head back he'll Storm around. Like he's he got to the free throw line so many times. And they were yes, I did call them ticky-tack fouls like early, literally five minutes ago. But that is legit a skill. Like me and my friends growing up going to Maryland games. I don't know how much like Maryland basketball and Mellow Trimble you guys watched, but like Mellow Trimble loved this like head fake. It was when he would be dribbling up, some dude was on his hip, he'd flare his head back and foul every time. And it was like the joke between us, and we'd all try to imitate him at basketball practice. Like, whatever. Sharif has all of that, and he's not only is he going to like piss off opponents with the way the league is calling, like you said, Trey getting those foul calls right now. Like, it just when, when you're so well versed in how you can beat someone, it just limits the ways the defense can punish you. Like, you can't get in up into his stuff now because he's super crafty and he'll draw foul if you give him any bit of space as a runway. He might take a pull-up three, which I think he's definitely better than one for seven at, or he'll use that as a runway with his burst and blow right by you. Like There's really not a way to guard him right now, especially one-on-one in the college game, just with his skill, his burst, and the way he's manipulating the defense, which I have been very pleasantly surprised by.
1: Yeah, and so, for what it's worth, uh, what it's worth, um, okay, I yeah, I was gonna say, um, well, one for what it's worth, Auburn lists him at 6'1", 180, which, um, all right, so he's definitely know, not, six yeah, he's he not, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, our friend Ross Homan has made the point about comparing him to Isaiah Thomas, um, in relation to his finishing, and I mean, I think that's a reasonable, reasonable at least stylistic comparison. I mean, in his like really great 2016 2017 season, um, it shot what 59 percent at the rim which is quite good for a guard of his size like
0: yeah as the resident celtics fan
2: like isaiah thomas is one of the most like jacked was one of the most jacked players in the nba and that was pretty pretty integral to how his finishing worked that he played through contact and he was a free throw rate monster because like because he was generating so much contact um and he he's a guy who i think like what jake got at the more of an anecdotal finisher Although like his junior year at Washington, like he was an elite finisher full stop um and so that I think that that just kind of speaks to being like to to be a viable even small guard finisher like at the college level you you have to be pretty ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, so curious to see what happens,
1: yeah, um yeah, I mean, it's yeah junior i t shot almost sixty eight percent at the rim in college, which is absurd for a guy his size with, I with, going saying, But yeah, I mean, I think he can definitely be, I'm, I'm like probably most interested to see how the foul drawing translates to the league. Cause he does, I mean, like, like we said, have that, like the BS ticky tack, like, little rule bending foul drawing like, like trey I mentioned like, like something trey has so been so great at and is a big reason that he can um have a lot of value as a slasher despite his, his finishing issues in the league and i think that's something definitely something sharif can replicate but there also is like a size and physicality component there to where if you're just too small and weak I, I question the sustainability of just purely bs foul drawing but i do think he's going to be a pretty good guard slasher um in terms of his scoring but I'm definitely just interested to see how that, that translates as, you know, definitely to, to see where the finishing level's out at for this season. I mean, we're, we're probably not going to have the hugest sample. But, I mean, considering his rim volume, actually, we're probably going to have a pretty decent attempt, attempt rate. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious to see where he ends up leveling out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's a worthwhile point in general. Because after that first game, I will say I'm a little bit concerned about Sharif's scoring. Um and that that's the biggest thing for me to watch because I think, like Jake said, I think the process of how he created advantages and then what he did with them was very, very repeatable. And surrounding him with guys who are like multifaceted, like this auburn team where where they are like explosive vertical leapers and they can you know they could be flying into the rim, or you know they could, they're good enough spot up shooters uh, really makes Sharif devastating. Um, but I do worry like say he finds himself in a situation playing against like Milwaukee's drop in the NBA where he's going to have like drew holiday defending him in his, on, on his, on his primary assignment. So he, a disciplined, long athletic and bigger defender. Um, Cause I think that, that was kind of what you saw from Alabama late and, and as part of how they slowed him though, I think all, a lot of that was also fatigue. Um, so you have a bigger, longer disciplined defender as well as an elite rim protector. And then you're not, Seeing a lot of help elsewhere, I do worry a little bit then because Sharif needs to be a lot more of a threat with his floater and with his pull up than I think we saw in that game for sure and i'm I'm not particularly i like from what I remember he did have a a pretty damn good floater um in the past. I could be wrong about that, but um that's, I... that's at least. Yeah, no, right. I mean,
0: I'll say, like, I've definitely watched a good amount of Sharif between AOT, um, McEachern, and seeing him in person a couple times, actually, and the touch is there, like, he's a really good in-between game, and I was actually looking for that to kind of be leveraged against Alabama, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I guess he didn't really need to, because every time he kind of got in the paint, someone would fly at him, and he'd throw a lob to a, to a like dunker, <laughs> um, so why take a floater when you can do that, but I definitely do think it's still there, and I think the touches there, the creativity. One thing I will say about Sharif is like the first time I saw him in person, he was a rising junior. So playing a year up on the UIBL circuit. He was playing, it was him and Okoro and, and BJ, actually. It was a wild team. Um was fun. And, was fun. Amazing. And, um, Sharif, like he would just kind of figure out these like weird, unorthodox ways to score. Like he would post up guys at like yes, at, yeah, he loves that. The, and, the
2: and, Sharif post initiation and and so, this is better than Nico post initiation. Oh, it's and my and, favorite it's thing. Sharif after. is like four inches oh, short. <laughs> Sharif at this time,
0: Sharif, I interviewed him and I am probably no taller than five nine, and I was looking him dead in the eye, like eye to eye. He's five <laughs> nine, rail thin, and he's posting up on the Eybl circuit. I'm like this. Guy, like, and what I'll say is like, do I think Shreve Cooper is gonna have a consistent diet of post up turnarounds that are gonna result in him getting X amount of points per game? Like, probably not. No, I don't. But what no, I'm saying, my overall point of this is like, he's always just been a guy who finds ways to put the ball in the basket, and like, he just finds a way. It sounds cliche. It does. I know it. I I know we live in a world where it's like, okay, I'm gonna get eight points off this. I'm gonna get to the line X amount of times. I'm gonna do this X amount of times, and I'm gonna get anywhere between 25 and 30 like Sharif I feel like he's just gonna like play with the like play with the flow of the game like well like we said he didn't take any floaters I think we could see a game where Sharif takes seven floaters in one game oh he
2: took one I think it took one
0: it took yeah yes that was the first shot he took yes like I think we could see games where he's going to adjust the the rim protector is going to stay home on these cutters and he's going to take floaters I think he's just a very savvy basketball player who has had a ton of reps at every single level. And I just think like, I don't trust a lot more prospects to like read the game on the fly more than Shreve Cooper. And that was probably the playmaking aspect that I was kind of most impressed with is yes. Like a lot of these guys, I'm not saying a lot of these guys can do what he did coming off a ball screen because that was special, but we'll see a lot of guys and it can be taught. You come off the ball screen, you read the corner tag. If he goes here, you throw the ball here. You put your eyes here, and you slip it into the role, man. Like, I'm making it sound easier than it is. But these rotations are somewhat concrete and repetitive. When he was rejecting these ball screens and he's just getting straight blow those rotations are on the fly. You don't see those every day in shell. You don't see those every day on film. And he's just dicing them up still without knowing where they're really going to go so with Sharif as a scorer yes like I think there's definitely needs to be some improvements to be made like especially with a pull-up but I think he's just one of those figure it out guys if that makes sense and I feel like you kind of have to trust him a little bit one question I will pose to you guys though is do you think there's any low-hanging fruit with his development as a pull-up shooter given the touch and the current mechanics
2: I mean, the upper body is really weird mm-hmm. on that shot, and and I, that's why it's so slow. Is that there's so much going on there with like pulling his his back back, and then I, I, it's it's really weird. Um, I I don't really know. Uh, I don't know how easy of a fix any of that is. Um, I generally have kind of trusted him enough as a shooter. Mm-hmm. I think because. He could be because he he's just a guy who I think has been a shot maker and has that level of touch uh, yeah, and the
1: volume's work, always been shoot. there.
2: Yeah, and and, and like kind of surprisingly, the volume has been there. Yeah, he did get up seven attempts in this game, mm-hmm. um, even though he has this really odd and slow shot. He did actually get them off, and he like is not bothered by contests. No. Like, like he, he had multiple attempts no. in this game where he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna launch."
1: Uh, no, his confidence is is sky high.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm curious what happens with Sharif actually if he just starts deciding like, okay, if I need some time and space to get this off, like I'm just gonna pull up from the logo because as we saw in that in that
1: in, in that practice, uh, practice clip, video,
2: practice that <laughs> yeah. like he is willing to do that and like seems to have the lower body and core strength yeah i was gonna say he has the
1: mechanics for it absolutely i think yeah so
2: like even though he has these weird like elongated mechanics that he seems to have the lower body and core strength to to like maintain those exact mechanics out as deep as he wants so i wonder if he just starts pulling from like crazy crazy deep and if, if sharif cooper is getting like drag screens from 40 and starts pulling up, I'm not really sure what you're going to do.
1: Yeah. this. I mean, it's, it's kind of tangential, but relates to like a lot of my overall skepticism about Sharif is, well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of signs for him as uh, you know, a, a good pull-up shooter. I mean, like like Max said, the, the touch has always been there. The volume is always enough, and if the range is 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 real, then that's that's scary. And and as an intermediate, um, and, and as a scorer, um, with this kind of weird, um, you know, unique scoring diversity and touch and those indicators. But I mean, a lot of my skepticism has always come to like. Being being a lead guard, offensive engine at his size, like the margin for error is really really small, and you have to be a really really good pull up shooter, and a really really you know I guess good enough scorer to to make it work. And I think obviously Sharif being a much better potentially being much better passer than I accounted for initially changes that a little bit. But he's still I think to to really be like a a high high level prospect, um, I want to see more from him as, as as a shot maker and and as a and as a scorer in general because just being that small um, we'll talk about his defense because he's going to bleed value on defense even if he he, he wasn't atrocious which was like atrocious, that's atrocious a major win. Was, I'm going to talk about how a major win. which was good to see but even if he's like like even if he's not horrible like he's still going to bleed a lot of value especially in the playoffs considering his size so I'm still I still have my reservations about that um because i do think he has to be a pretty dang good shooter but i i mean i wouldn't discount him from from reaching that at some point yeah so
0: my sort of pitch on the sharif shooting and look i'm no shot doctor like i'm not even really sure if i'm qualified to say this but in my experience watching basketball like (laughs) sharif and all the years i've watched him he has never been anyone that's got he's never been the guy that is getting a ton of lift on his jumpers which is really contrary to a lot of these short gunners when you think about it like Carson Edwards we, we were all everyone was raving about how he gets so much lift and has this high release point which gave him all this versatility and I feel like a lot of these short gunners like
2: Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah
0: Thomas yeah. Dame gets a ton of elevation on his jumper and that they use that in terms of like energy transformation and it makes them like better pull-up shooters because you're able to rise up and flow throughout like your entire body starting with the lift Sharif is really interesting because he like basically doesn't jump on these jumpers and never has he is always like I remember I was watching the first the first time we ever saw him I was with my dad and my dad was like why is he shooting like he like just rolled out of bed and I was like that's just like kind of how he's always shoots I don't know and it's never really been a big concern for me, but my pitch would be this. like, So what I thought is that since he doesn't get a ton of lower body, and you guys can tell me if this doesn't make sense at all. if he So he's not getting a ton of lower body lift, and he's a smaller guard who isn't very strong at the moment. I view this like head, head tilt back, shoulders rearing all the way back, like that motion as compensation to get any kind of power towards the rim because he does have some range. And – the, the The power has to come from somewhere it's not coming from the legs he's not a naturally strong dude who can kind of just fling it up there. It has to come from somewhere, and I think that's what that upper body motion is coming from now the fix and how you get rid of that i'm not sure that's up to whoever player like whichever player development staff drafts him. However, what I will say is if there is added strength, especially maybe in the lower body and you can kind of reconstruct where the energy comes from and get him to have a little bit more lift, which would make the whole kind of shot more fluid and then you can kind of rely on that touch and the comfort i don't know how you guys feel about like live dribble passing in correlation to pull-up shooting i I don't know if it's direct but i think it kind of means something um so when you kind of think about all these things that he is going for him i don't think it's out i don't think it's irrational to think that he can become like a pretty good pull-up shooter. I think, and Max, and we were talking before, like, I think that's the ultimate skill that's going to take him over the top and, and make him like this star prospect. And I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't think we're going to see it at Auburn, but I mean, what do you guys think of that? Is that any kind of realistic?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, honestly, because mm-hmm. when, when I think of like upper body compensation, it looks more like LaMelo. I think like that's very obvious, right? Yeah. That, like,
0: with like an his elbow entire and stuff,
2: yeah, they, like everything going on with that lamella shot was a function of being too weak and developing bad uh muscle memory bad while habits. shooting yeah, and bad habits while shooting from too far away while too weak, um with Sharif, I don't know, yeah, I'm very much not a shot doctor either. I know, and
0: I just made myself like I am. um I just, <laughs> I just had that thought when I was watching, and I paused it to see where his release point was, and it's like very weird and unorthodox. Like I have a screen. It's screenshot. really. Odd. It's re- I've, I don't know if I've ever like seen that before. It's like his lower everything is straight, and he's his upper body will like tilt back, like he's almost like in a recliner, just like,
2: I mean, because it's like at the it's like at the same height as Maxi, mm-hmm. but like back yeah instead, yes.
0: instead, instead of, of forward, forward and maxi yeah. the thing with Maxi is maxi was very out he, he was very yeah, was very it was out. very, it it was very uh, and that, that's why maxi in those ey like those eybl reps of maxi coming around to pick and roll stepping right into a pull-up three with like forward momentum everything carrying towards the rim like those were extremely pretty because that coming like gunning with all that forward momentum and pushing the ball out was like beneficial to maxi I don't even know what is beneficial to these, like, Sharif mechanics. Like, maybe a step back where he creates space and, like you said, has time and space. I, I don't what know. But it is,
2: it's, it's when he's just, like, standing yeah, there right, yeah. and just shoots over someone. That's that's yeah. what it seems to be conducive to.
1: Yeah, it's when he can compensate for, I mean, his lack of height with the the lean back and, and just, yeah, kind of, like, you know, ignore contest as he does. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, like, my thing is, like... um. I, I like t- to what level can he get because mm-hmm. I do think that's that's really important for his status as like a real star. No. But I but I, I do
2: wonder though like if if people are going under on Sharif and and if he's really just like kind of willing to shoot from anywhere like if that's all the time that he needs then to get it off the like it might be good enough. I don't know. I like we'll see. I Yeah. I'm I'm skeptical of that. I don't really believe that. But um I, yeah, I don't. I, I definitely don't think he's a lost cause as a shooter. I, by
0: any yeah, now that's what I was gonna say. I don't think he's a lost cause, and this this was my thing with Lamelo last year. And Lamelo has been much better as a shooter early on than I expected. I'm, I'm assuming that's gonna regress at some point, but the volume's consistent with Lamelo. He he's shooting them a ton. He's drawing out defenses. All we're all these seeing. We're seeing all these assists where guys are doubling him at the three point line, and there were people in the draft. For the draft single Mello was a non-shooter. Well, how many non-shooters get doubled at the three-point line eight games into their NBA career? Not a lot. Um, because it's the volume and it's the pull-up gravity. And I think there's this case for Sharif. Um, we were talking about him and Trey as these similar wizards, smaller guards. And I th- said, just me personally, like what made it e- what would made it make it easier for me to sleep at night with having Trey that high is knowing that he has this pull-up gravity and this in absurd range and crazy touch with these one motion mechanics to fall back on. And everything was kind of derived through that. Now him and he's very different from Sharif in how they get in like into the defense. And I think the passing may be a little bit similar and definitely closer than I expected, but it, it was definitely easier for a small guard to have the cell of Trey where you're going to stretch the defense. You're going to make them check you from 30 feet and then everything goes from there. With Sharif, it's more out, like inside out, which is tougher for a, a six foot guard who's limited in the strength department. But we'll see. I, I, I'm I was very impressed, and I think I'm going to be. Con, I'm going to continue to be very impressed. Yeah,
1: Max, I, I think. No, like, go.
2: I, I was just going to say that I, I think that like I'll remain pretty confident in him if the interior, or like. The inside, like fifteen feet, scoring is there. Like if he's just if he just like looks awesome on floaters and sort of all sorts of weird push shots, which I do trust that he can. Yeah, look awesome on because he's because he does have really really good touch and and is so creative. And I think that like that creativity definitely shines through on on the finishing. That like you know he's he is breaking out like the the Jordan changing hands in air like in high school games. The guy the guy is insane. Um I, I do think, yeah, that there is a really a creativity and and a a willingness to adapt that I that I think some 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 big time prospects in this class notably don't have um that could enable Sharif to for it to all work if he can if he can score fifteen feet in it. Because he because he's not a non shooter, right? Yeah. Like he's he's not a non shooter. And if you consider like if you consider John Morant that like this whole concept of advantage creation, whenever he wants, and then really, really, really high level passing. You know, I, I think that that, that that's kind of a framework that Sharif holds up to, right? That it's, you have to create advantages. You have to be able to capitalize on those advantages and you have to be able to, to actually threaten to, to be able to score on those advantages yourself so that you can manipulate the defense. Um, I think that there's a real chance that Sharif satisfies those completely, especially if the, if the, if the 15 feet and in scoring works with the push push shots and he keeps, um, he keeps, you know, getting fouled a lot. It doesn't have to be to the extent of that game, but keeps getting fouled a lot. And I think that the finishing will be high volume and pretty effective. Um, I, I think that the whole thing makes a lot of sense offensively. Um, and I, I'm pretty excited about what we saw. Uh, you know, he, he was the guy I was, I was most excited to see. And I, and I think that it was pretty clear why uh, he's, he's, he is a a really, really fun player,
1: yeah, certainly, um despite my skepticisms, he is incredibly fun. N- no doubt there All right Max, you wanted to talk about his defense? Yeah. talk about the defense. Yeah. Like I kind of alluded to earlier um, it was not as bad as I think we expected.
2: yeah, it wasn't. So like when we talked about him in the summer or preseason or whenever it was, I don't remember multiple times probably time doesn't exist anymore (laughs) um we we were like it's that bad it's the defense is that bad just a a, another level of of apathy and the fact that he's that small and weak um you know for a guy who is a, a really smart player uh just never put in the effort to get anything out of that um you know, I think a lot of a lot of similarities to Trey Young. Um, in this first game, he was not good, but he tried on multiple possessions, which was a like really like stunning to me. And he had, I think, multiple possessions where he had pretty solid instincts and came up with a steal or like active hands and came up with a steal or a deflection, and just like having a couple of those possessions in there goes a long way. To the, to the point that if, like, after this season, we're looking at Sharif and thinking that he's going to be a terrible defensive player, like a really, really significant negative, but clearly not headed toward being one of the absolute worst defenders in the league, that's a huge deal to me. Yeah. Because then to be, you know, a star level player, the offensive contribution, you know, has to be exceptional. But it doesn't have to be, you know, like an all-time great offensive player to be a, a genuine star. Uh, so I think that that's a big deal. If he if he's just, like, normal bad on defense instead of absolute league worst. And I have some more hope for that than I definitely was expecting to have. Like, just having multiple possessions with effort. Where when he tried to slide, like, he moved yeah. really well laterally. So having, a, like, just mixing in a few possessions where you, like, stop a drive, have a deflection... A, a steal for, for a out and a dunk. And then all of a sudden, like you're maybe a survivable defender. And I think that's a very big deal for a guy who, who might be a special offensive player.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think survivable is like the big word there. Um, He did have two steals in the Alabama game. One, he kind of was his, he was just jumping, jumping the passing lane. His, his man was filling up, jumped the passing lane, took it for a dunk actually. Yeah, Sharif had a Yeah, dunked. he dunked. I was, was I was so excited about which it. Which was I know Isaac Okora had a tweet, like, no way, Reef just dunked. Like I, I was surprised when I saw that live. Um, even more surprised when I did on the rewatch. And then he had another steal. It was kind of funny, the second steal, because it was like a little bit of everything. Um, he w- was supposed to cut off uh the sideline on I, f- I forgot who was tripping up the court, just didn't really want to be bothered to cut off the sideline. So the Alabama player kind of just blew right past him. And then he got some help from the corner, and instead of just like lagging behind the play, he actually peeled off at the perfect time and picked off the kick out out of nowhere, which was a good play, good recovery. Um, I know, I think you guys both watch games on mute. I know a lot of people watch games on mute. Uh, Sometimes I like to torture myself with the play by play people. I don't know why. I just like needed to focus sometimes. And today was one of those days. It's, um, it's really <laughs> concerning. Why did he have it? Yeah, you know. uh, Dan, uh, Dan Dockich was not pleased with Sharif Cooper's defense. I can tell you guys that if you missed out on that broadcast. Um, Dan Dockich clearly has never watched McEachern basketball, so he doesn't know what the norm was. He didn't know what I was expecting coming into this game. Um, I was And, into-
2: and, and, and like – emphasize this properly jake because i don't think it can be emphasized enough like what the norm was and yeah. what it our expectations. like like
0: it, um we're not even talking about like a six foot guard being bad and just pushed around like it was like I, I why am i even playing this end of the floor it was like coach why can't you just sub me out offense defense every single possession like he had zero interest and i mean whatever i'm not i'm not like, gonna not gonna count on that neither here nor there um and i think you definitely saw some of those flashes of him just like not boxing out, like not, not finishing plays, not, okay, I'm not going to slide on this one. However, there were a couple possessions where he actually decided like, I'm going to strap up, slid with his defender, drew a charge one time, sliding, got in front, forced the defender to drop his shoulder, Um, did a good job of like funneling into the help. He's never going to be someone who's going to come from behind for a block. It just needs to be hold your ground to a salvageable extent and let the help take over and that's the word it's survivable it's can you compensate and make up for what you're gonna bleed on defense for on offense and in my um playoff pillars like philosophy article that I wrote a couple months back I wrote a section on how point of attack defense to me when I was watching the playoffs like you can't be an absolute disaster because teams get so so deep in the weeds of picking out these matchups, they'll often in the playoffs, we'll see teams spend the first 15 seconds of the shot clock, just trying to get the one matchup they like. And if you getting matched up, if they're always going to be hunting you and you're just going to get absolutely torched every single play like it makes things a lot harder for your team when it matters most so if Sharif instead of like if I can have somewhat confidence in him holding his own in the playoffs as a point of attack defender no he is not going to be good and it's not going to be ideal if you just switch all your ball screens and let him end up on some wing type yeah you're going to get (laughs) burned but if it's like like Max said it's just like regular small guard bad instead of absolute dead last in every impact metric and the eye test bad and dying on every ball screen and doing all that like then I think we run into some real problems but he definitely did some things
2: yeah and like to be very clear no matter what Sharif Cooper is going to be someone who in a playoff series will be targeted mercilessly however even showing the capability to on some possessions slide and cut off a drive or funnel a guy into help was a step forward. Like I don't like demonstrating that he had that capability was a step forward, which should speak to how low the baseline was, but also is encouraging, especially for a guy who I think pretty visibly was gassed playing a, with a crazy offensive load in his first competitive basketball game in like a year. Um, so, I, I, like, I don't have high expectations for Sharif Cooper as a defender. This is not to be interpreted as saying that he's a good defensive prospect or that he was good defensively in that Alabama game because he was not. No. But the the baseline being so low, I, I was pleasantly surprised that there was any effort, there, there were any positive elements to it. And I think that that definitely creates the the, the opportunity for him to be a good enough defender, given what, what he, he, I do really think could be on offense.
1: Yeah, I'm still pretty skeptical of his defense, especially in the playoffs. I think along with like the effort and awareness stuff that we were, you know, that, that was kind of better than expected. I do think, I do, I would like to see some like physical improvement there. I mean, hoping to see some sort of physical improvement there. As you know, he's he, he's always going to be a small guard, but he, he, he is pretty weak at this point. Um, so I think, like we talked about with the jumper and and the slashing, I think adding some core stability and then lower body strength is kind of huge for surviving at the point of attack. Um, I mean, against anybody who tries to, to tries to take him on in the playoffs, especially, and not just at the point of attack. Also, you know, can he be someone who is at all impactful on rotations? As even if he's aware and gets there, um, players are just going to finish through him. Um, like, is he going to get destroyed by by every off ball screen? Um, so I just think like, like in the, like, I'm really worried. Um, like, I I don't know. I think in the regular season, I don't think it, I I think it could be passable, but I'm, I still, I I still want to see more before I really will believe that it's not going to be a disaster in the playoffs. And that's again, where a lot of another, the other prong for a lot of my relative serious skepticism comes from. Um, but yeah, I mean, him being not atrocious, like was nice to see that's no, there's no doubt there.
2: Yeah, I, I think that it's probably time to move on to the larger discussion here of, I think, you know, not drawing huge conclusions from from the first Sharif game, but just clearly I think that there was something there with, like, like you know, Caleb Love has had however many games to do this and has done nothing like this. Uh, I mean... Suggs has had better performances than this, but, but nothing that's looked like this. And I don't think there's anyone in this class who could do this yeah. uh, in a single game. Like, I, I don't think that, it, you know, like if you had some sort of technology that replaced Sharif's body with someone else's in the video, like, I don't think you would believe that any other player in this class could have this performance. Um, and I think that that, that matters because I, I think that was something that you could see in high school. And I just think that, that it's, a demonstration of the standard that a guard needs to be held to if you're pitching them as some sort of like actual lead guard prospect. Mm -hmm. So not like, I wouldn't say that this applies to like DJ Stewart if you're, unless you're pitching DJ Stewart as like a serious lead guard, because I think he's always kind of been this combo guy who, you know, can do a little bit on the ball, but has a, has a nice developed and diverse off ball game to it to the point that you're like you're not considering him as as like a prototypical yeah initiator guard size initiator whatever you want to call it but i think this very much applies to caleb love if you're evaluating him in that in that way which i think a lot of people did um you know cole anthony last year nico mannion last year uh i mean you could even say maxi but i think that that I evaluated him more in the, the combo oh, yeah. framework and, and that's kind of why I liked him. And I think the same is true for Ben. Um, but I think there's something very valuable to be learned here. That there there's Sharif Cooper in high school looks very distinct from Caleb Love in high school. Where Sharif is winning constantly and with ease and diversity and getting himself great shots and getting his teammates great shots. That's not what it looks like with Caleb love, Caleb love. Even if there are aesthetically pleasing and impressive elements to what Caleb love is doing on the ball, it doesn't look like that. So Jake, I mean, you were, you were big on Caleb love. Like what, what do you think you've learned early from, from this? And, and like, what are you taking away to apply to, to high school evaluations in particular? But I mean, the same can be said for the college. NBA.
0: I agree. Um, well, yeah, what a great introduction on my first episode as the co-host. I was the Caleb Love guy. Oh, I, I, I was. The... <laughs>
2: I've spent however many of the first episodes of, of the 2021 season, literally every episode, becoming more and more upset about what BJ Boston is doing.
0: <laughs> Listen, I, you play with high school film, you're going to get burned. Um, but yeah, I was very, yeah, I was very part of the process. Really, I was yeah. very into Caleb Love, and it was. Look, I think I've my philosophy has changed a lot since then. I like to think I've gotten a little bit smarter, but the thing with Caleb love that I was so infatuated with was like this shot creation and the space creation. And what I failed to realize is that he had to take those. He didn't want to take those. He had to take those. And there's a very, very big distinction. I mean, the easiest way to tell that is, are are you scoring anyway? Like how else are you getting your buckets? And while Caleb love played in a good high school conference, um, like the St. Louis Catholic League over there has a bunch of pretty good schools, but it, it wasn't like, he still shouldn't have been prevented from getting to the rim. And I, I had the concerns with him. I had the passing concerns. I had the finishing concerns, but what I failed to do is I failed to like holistically evaluate all those and say, are these all connected? If so, why? And the truth is they are connected. And the reason is because he can never generate these advantages. And he's never getting into the paint collapsing a defense to make a kickout pass and to make an easy read. He's never getting all the way to the rim to finish, which then can result in a wraparound drop-off pass. And the reason why his passing was super elementary is because he was basically operating completely beyond the three-point line and then in this mid in-between area where he had to get off multiple dribble combos to even get a look. And while that's very impressive and I absolutely got carried away with the shot making and the space creation, And the quick trigger, which are all very impressive. And look, like Caleb Love is not even the guy that anyone thought he is. Like, if you were a Caleb Love skeptic, like he's still being, he's still probably playing worse than you thought. You thought at least he would shoot the ball at a high level and do a little bit of everything else. He's not even shooting the ball. So, right off the bat, your entire appeal is pretty much gone. However, that's not an excuse for like the misvaluation that I took in the pre-college film, which that it needs to be easy. There is no level of high school basketball where it's an excuse for not looking easy as a lead guard. And um, I th- for Caleb Lovett certainly was not easy. For Sharif, it was absolutely easy. And that's not to say that Sharif didn't need a couple of dribble combos here and there, but he was blowing by dudes cleanly, getting to the rim, finishing e- even at six feet and and there's a very big difference. Like people think, Oh, if you need a lot of dribble combos, like it's not easy. Like there's a very big difference between sizing up your defender three different times and using four different moves in three different directions or hitting him with like a between the legs behind the back or between the legs cross. Like that's, that is so easy. If you're hitting with your defender with two, a two dribble combo and blowing right by him, that's what I'm looking for. And I think Sharif really epitomized that as in the pre-college film. Um, I, today, I watched in preparation for this, I watched a Sunrise Christian game, and Kennedy Chandler did a little bit of that. It, it was less with the handle, because Sharif's handle is also genuinely special. So it's on top of the burst, it's the handle, the ability to knife into the defense and just carve them up. Um, with Kennedy Chandler, I, I, it's granted it was one game and I hadn't watched him in pretty much a year, and it was less about the handle, but there was one clip like they like half picked him up at half court, and he just blow by, straight line speed, lob to Kendall Brown who was sitting in the dunker spot. And like that's what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to look that easy. It's supposed to look like you could do it every single time you want because that's the that's the standard that you need to hit in high school to make it even worthwhile at the next level. So, um Caleb Love was definitely a miss for me, but I think I'll look back on it and think it was and yeah. it was one of my I learned the I'll say I learned some of I learned
1: the most from Caleb Love. I'll say that. Another way to think about it that I think you kind of got to a little bit there, and you, I think, wrote about it in one of your recent pieces, uh, I think regarding Jared Butler, was just like efficiency of movement mm-hmm. and being um, efficient with your dribbles. That's definitely something Sharif, Sharif Cooper exemplifies. Um, it, it, he, he doesn't really waste movement and everything is purposeful. Um, and I think as kind of someone who was in the middle on Caleb Love, um, definitely in, in the middle of YouTube. I yeah. think generally in the middle I think you're of probably the, in the middle of like, I, I, probably in the middle of the consensus yeah. of someone who didn't see like the, the high end upside, but obviously was you know believed in him more than Max. I mean, I, I do think if he didn't totally fall off a cliff as a shooter, like that, plus his his defense would have been worth something. But yeah, I mean, it's just clear that I um miss one. I think just misevaluated the extent to which. Um, his burst was actually that detrimental because yeah. um, you know it's just as, as we've seen at, at UNC he just can't create any sort of advantages and even when he is able to you know get get some slight separation with his handle he's either bumped off his spot or, or has zero explosion to, to knife in, in and out of holes and then just another reminder to kind of evaluate prospects as a whole and think about context and how their skills and and traits work in conjunction with each other. I mean, it's so much more than like just listing a prospect's strengths and weaknesses. It's really synthesizing how a prospect's abilities uh, or lack thereof um, work with each other to to create, uh, you know, a viable basketball player in the role and context that they're being projected in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Caleb Love was, I think, a miss. I mean, technically, like, uh, you know, Max, Max can take his victory laps, but um, te- <laughs> technically a miss for all of us given... He's given for sure a miss
2: for me because I didn't think that he was yeah. going to lose the ability to shoot but a basketball But that's not something you know, that I think yeah. was reasonable
0: to predict. Like, yeah. that wasn't reasonable I mean, to predict. I mean, all I will, like, what I'll say, like, one... Yeah, I did write about that with Jared Butler and just about how I feel like I think Jared Butler probably well now Sharif entered the argument, but this was before Sharif had even played a game. I wrote that I thought Jared Butler had the best handle in the class. Um, I thought he had the second best handle at last year's class, behind only Lamelo, if he would have declared. And what I love about him is that, like, despite. Having this ability, and we see him every once in a while draw these bigs or draw even a guard out on an island, and just like put them to work with these combos that are incredibly smooth and efficient. But like nothing is wasted; absolutely nothing is wasted. Whether it's just a simple in and out or a quick wraparound, like it. And that's why I think he's so good attacking drop coverage. Is he's so effective with these simple quick hitter moves and and they're very he's like the best at in the class that i've seen at just like oh i see a big backpedaling i'm in him with the disgusting in and out and like get to my right hand like his 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 handle against drop bigs is cruel like straight cruel and what i think about like sharif does that a lot where it's people will undersell his handle because he's not sizing you up and putting on an nba street move like trying to get a game breaker instead it's Oh, your top side's out. your top foot is playing topside here. I'm going to lure you here for a second and then snatch your life away with this quick cross, and I'm in the
1: paint. Like, yes, it's just one cross in yeah, that way. It's like very jaw Morant. Yes, very. It's sort of like, like, like it's like he's really gifted at, um, at picking out like defensive positioning and exploiting those, those, those missteps.
0: No, 100%. And, and with back to Caleb Love and like where you miss, it, it's just. It, it's got to be easy. It ha, You have to be getting in the paint. The, the paint touches have to be there. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget watching the first North Carolina game against Charleston and just being like, oh, this is bad. That was a rough one. And then I yeah. was like, oh, maybe there's still hope. And then I will never forget watching the North Carolina-Stanford game and watching him just, like, get bottled up by Zaire. I love Zaire. Like, Zaire is very good and – well, I think he's I think he's good. Um, his numbers. He very has good. some
2: very very good.
0: Zaire, Zaire, um, is a good. He's player. large and moves. well. If you don't have access to Synergy or Sports Reference, Zaire Williams is a good prospect. Um, and I will never forget him just locking up Caleb Love like on the perimeter. I'm just like, you need to look in the mirror, dude. Like this is bad. <laughs> I will never forget that. So I if if I learn something from this cycle, it's. Uh, if a high school guard can't get paint touches on command, it's pro- he's probably not the one.
2: That said, you know, mm-hmm. it is every every evaluation is is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't because Jalen Suggs, I don't really think could get paint touches on command, and that was I, that was the thing that that I think Ben and I both got a little hung up on. Uh, after initially liking him so much uh, pre-college, was that
1: yeah, we've done quite it, the, quite the quite the roller coaster with Jalen Suggs. So.
2: Yeah, I mean you 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 did a, a one eighty, and I've done a I guess a three sixty on this. Um, <laughs> but but so Suggs, I don't think it always looked that easy for him. Like we we talked so much about how he couldn't get easy rim attempts. How the average level of difficulty was not mm-hmm. low. Um, how the passing windows were not necessarily crazy. Um, now the passing windows I think are a little bit better, although there was some concerning stuff in one of those Northwest state games um, where, where the passing windows weren't there and he like could not manipulate them to get open uh, and couldn't really threaten to score. And I think the handle was, was becoming an issue. And that pop, that pops up with him occasionally, but I do think that he's, you know, you kind of move beyond that because he's just a different style of player that like he's, he's succeeding in a different way. And, and there is some, some stuff that you saw with Suggs, like some of the pull-up shooting displays in high school from him were really nuts. Mm-hmm. um, And I think that, that that is important to who he is as a prospect, but it's, it's, it's important not to get, I think, too caught up in the idea that like, someone has to look like Sharif Cooper in high school to be a good prospect at that, at like, you know, six, three or shorter. Like you don't, you don't have to be doing that every single time, but I think it has to look a bit more diverse and a bit, it has to look at the very least, I think more special. And there has to be some stuff that's easy and consistent in a way that I don't think it was for love. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there, there are, there, are never perfect rules for any of these things, but, but something like, like PD's heuristic that we've talked about with, with him on here uh, is, is a really important tool just to check yourself when, you know, there, are, there were moments certainly from Caleb Love in, in high school where it looked really incredible. Um, but, you know, break down what it actually means, it was, that, you know, he's,
0: he's like, I saw- it was just so difficult. Like when it was yeah. special, it, it was so difficult and it was tough shot making. And I think this is, can kind of be attributed to the BJ Boston. When BJ Boston special, exactly. BJ Boston special was difficult shots. And when those difficult shots aren't falling, what do you have to fall back on? And this is what I would say. Like, I was also a little bit too low on sugs. Like, yes, I know my preseason board was horrible. Like I'll try to be better next year. But Suggs, what I really underestimate is, one, I think he's definitely a much better athlete than um, Caleb Love is. I think Suggs is actually, I just wrote about him, did a lot of thinking on him. I think he's a a very, I'm going to say a very good guard athlete when the handle and the ball control doesn't hinder him um he's very selective like he always wants to finish off two which drives me up the wall and uh, hopefully someone can fix that but I think Suggs is a good athlete and also Suggs is one of the smartest. I think he's a good th- like,
1: horizontal I'm- athlete to be to that I still have a lot of questions about his vertical athleticism but no, and that's fair. Yeah, I mean he's I, a good
2: space. He's a good space leaper, like like off two. And like, like Jake said, like he just has no versatility as a leaper, that it's all it's always off two. And and when he um, is
0: going off two, like it's like it's just not advantageous at all when you're driving down at the head of steam and all your momentum is running with this like one two strides. Usually you just want to rise right up off one foot and carry all your momentum towards the rim. And this is something I wrote about not only when Suggs. Not only does he slow down and give defenders an opportunity to catch up when he consistently loads off two, like I'm fine with playing off of two when you're like Jaden Springer playing off of two. Like you're using it to get to a spot and elevate and utilize this unique angle that no one else is assuming. When you have a straight line drive and the defenders on your hip, there's absolutely no reason to go off of two, especially when you are 6'4, 6'5, which I think Suggs has good size and is like a true combo sized guard.
2: Yeah. Or worse yet, if you need to, you know, quickly jump off one and and get the ball up on glass and you can't right. because you have to load and jump off of two and you you know you you just can't get off the ground with that Yep speed. and
0: there was one clip I, I remember very distinctly I had it in my piece um he tore, he he actually created separation coming off the ball screen hit the defender who popped out with like a nice crossover I think it was got downhill completely had the angle and instead of just going like off of one exploding towards rim getting it off the glass and I forgot was either Watson, Timmy, one of the bigs had sealed Jay Huff off of like gave him a little seal, not a full tight seal, but just a little hip to kind of keep him away. And instead of just rising up and getting the ball up on the glass, Suggs had this two foot load and, and like barely exploded and killed all his momentum. And it literally gave Huff time to swim off of the seal, like a defensive end and swat the shot. And it was just really, it's, kind of epitomized how non-functional this like two foot leaping ability is in the paint but I do think Suggs is still a good guard athlete and what we're like the point I was going back to like Suggs is really 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 smart like in just an insanely smart basketball player and that allows him to do so many things on the court where his the ball control might hinder him like he doesn't need to like do these crazy manipulation like hang dribble Moves or combos to shift the defense because he's literally so good at staring down the right guy and putting him and forcing him to move in the right way and like showing the ball. Like, he everyone knows he's a former quarterback, that's literally that. everyone knows that. And his ways of manipulating the defense are very similar to that of a quarterback. Like, when a quarterback just think about it, like the tag defender is the safety. I think about this all the time. The safety is choosing between these two guys. You have two guys, let's say the tight end running a seam and like up the middle and you have your wide receiver going down the sideline. Like you need to get that safety to pick between one guy. And the way quarterbacks do that is they show the ball and like wherever that ball is showing the safety is going to follow that ball. And quarterbacks are taught to do that. Suggs does that all the time. Like he'll show the ball one way and come back the other way. Um, You'll see him get bit on these like angle, like the passing angles like you talked about. But I, I think like you said, Max, no evaluation is concrete. And I do think if they don't hit that initial box, if they don't check that initial box, like you're getting into the paint and it's easy, you need to kind of look at the deeper nuances and see what is there. And I think if we would have done that, we would have seen that Suggs is a really damn good processor and like potential special processor for a guard. And there really isn't much substance and layers there with Caleb Love. And that's where I wish I would have seen that.
2: Yeah. And, and, I mean, you met, you mentioned BJ Boston briefly, and I think that it's relevant for him too, even though he's not a small guard, but I know this is something that, that, um that our friend Jackson Frank definitely said a couple of times, like there, there was some concern that he had to work so hard to get to the rim and he was getting there, I think enough, but you know, there, there's a lot of reliance on, on high level dribble moves that he, that he had, but like, it's a lot of effort to be putting in and, there that means that there's no low hanging fruit. And so what if those dribble combinations aren't working as the athletes get better, as they get more physical, certainly in BJ's case. Uh, and that, like, you know, the, the baseline of burst just wasn't there. And I think that that's totally borne out that that baseline of burst isn't there, that he had to work too hard to create advantages and that he just can't do it as consi- or consistently enough at, at a higher level. Um, And I think that's relevant to a lot of guys, you know, if you see Cole Anthony in high school and you're, you're thinking in in the half court when he doesn't have, have a bit of uh, momentum behind him that the burst is just okay for a small guard. That means it's a huge problem. Like if it's, if it's just okay at at the high school level, it's a huge problem. Um, And and, uh, I think that's just something to be, to be aware of that. Like, to trends i i i think that the high school to college jump is just so so big um or even even the the you know the the aau to to college jump is is so huge um that the the standard just has to be incredibly high um you you just like especially if you're if you're putting creation expectations on these guys like i don't think that when we watch we all loved Moses Moody coming to the year. I don't think when we watched Moses Moody at Montverde or or with Bradville Elite, uh, I don't think any of us were thinking that this is some like big time creator prospect. And and he, I don't think has like the burst to be winning like crazy or the handle to be winning like crazy. But that's not what you're. It's not what you're expecting from him. Like he's, he is accumulating his value otherwise. Um, and I think to an extent that Suggs does too. Like I think that that's kind of why he he. In, to some degree, gets evaluated in a different way because I do think he's a bit of a unique player. But, like, even someone like Cade, uh, where his burst, I think, looked good um, I, pre-college, I think now it looks okay. It looks sometimes problematic, generally good enough, but but certainly not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's just important to remember with all these guys that, like, it, the, the jump up in difficulty is really significant. And that the level of standout that you need to be at these lower levels is incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, and But Cade does check that nuance. Like all those oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's all not, And I mean, that's obvious, but it, it's still, if you're going to evaluate every prospect through the same lens, like Cade passes those with flying colors. And I, I think Suggs does too. And that's why for me, like, I think I'm, probably. I don't know where Max is. I think Max has come back around on Suggs, but like, I know I'm definitely higher than Ben on Suggs, and the reason for that is, like, I just don't want to underestimate this potential special skill, which is Jalen Suggs just knowing everything that's going on on the court at all times.
2: I mean, I'm I'm between, I think I'm between the two yeah. of you. Where I mean, ben, Ben's not actually that low at Suggs, but uh, it's just stop, you know,
0: it. stop it. Stop it. killing my killing killing the agenda. The agenda. Stop killing the agenda, Max. Honestly.
2: Um, but I think I'm probably a little lower than Suggs, on yeah. Jake, and probably a little bit higher than Ben. Sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that Suggs is a really, really good prospect. I think that there's, there are very irresponsible takes about him out there that are far more irresponsible than, than Ben's in the opposite yes. direction. Um. Oh, yeah. I reserve, meanwhile, oh. I reserve irresponsible takes exclusively for Evan Mobley. And I guess Sharif Cooper is too. I I do I do irresponsible. Speaking things.
0: of irresponsible takes relative to Sharif Cooper, I meant to ask you this. No, yeah. Don't put me on yeah, the spot. Yeah, <laughs> on the spot. How high? See, I was gonna do this if you didn't. Oh yeah, do no, it. I'm doing so, it. How high?
2: Well, okay, so I came into the year with him like twelfth.
0: Okay. So I, I think I had him like seventeenth like... or something. I had him. He was oh. right outside the lotto for me. Yeah,
2: I came into the year with him like twelfth and that's ba- i mean i still have the same So what's
0: the ceiling? What's the ceiling number? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
2: don't, I don't know. I don't know. Oh come it's on not, man.
0: He's, oh. Man.
2: He's not going to get up to 2. I I'll say that. He's, there's no he's not going to he's never going to be higher than at okay. Mowgli. All
0: right. Can in, infer what that yes. means. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not going to give anyone
1: quotes, so we, all, we know. I'm all, I'm all for that take.
2: Jake, what's the, what's the ceiling for you? I mean, no, actually, Ben, what's the ceiling for you on Sheree?
1: Yeah, um, I'm still kind of TBD. I, I'm I probably wouldn't have him in my lottery at this point. Um, but, but what's the ceiling? What what's the, like? Yeah, like I can keep him getting into that like probably like back end top ten for me. I think. Yeah, like for me, me but. for
0: me, there's like a clear ceiling and like a chair with his name on it at number four. Like,
2: I can see him. I could see him getting the top five. Like, I could see it. I like, there's no chance he would get into the top two for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, he's like, not. And
0: I'm not very, possible. I'm very but, anti him cracking my top three. Like, I feel that strongly about Suggs. But, like, I, these dudes matter. Like, these type of guys matter. Someone that can be a full stop offensive engine. I talked about this, like, yes, I'm very against the idea that there are these on and off ball players, but at the end of the day, you need someone to move the defense and bend everything and get guys moving and create these unbalanced defense, like opportunities for people to capitalize on. And like, if Sharif is going to be doing this, this easily right now, it, that means something. And that, that like, it has the potential to be special. And this has been, a very underwhelming class from four to 10. I feel like I have my top three and then I feel like everyone else belongs in the 10 to 20 range. And I can't, I don't feel comfortable having anyone's name next to four or five or six, even like, I mean, there's a grouping of guys and I'm kind of just waiting for someone to separate themselves. And Sharif came in there and balled out on his debut. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be there. I'm not penciling him in, but all I'm saying is if he can continue what he did, like, that's a guy I'm going to be very much in on.
2: Yeah. Like what I'll say is I don't see how with the available evidence, anyone could rule out Sharif being a genuinely special offensive prospect. And if that's the case, like there's a certain level that he can achieve. Like Trey young was never going to be, you know, ahead of Luka Doncic on reasonable boards and I mean, you know, depending on how you how you felt about someone like Jaron, he probably wasn't going to be ahead of him. But like at a certain point, when you are a genuinely very, very, very special, transcendent offensive talent, um, you can climb to a certain level. And I know that Sharif has like really, really severe limitations on the defensive end. And I th- I think like to be very clear, I think that the the where the shooting is at is going to hinder him from really hitting that ceiling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't I don't see how, with the available evidence, you could rule out Sharif Cooper being like a genuinely special offensive player, because uh, that's kind of what a, what I thought the potential was. It would in pre college and and in that first college game. I mean, that was that was that was special on offense. Um, the shots that he was generating every single possession for his teammates were totally absurd. Um, so yeah, I think I think that like the ceiling is 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 there in, in this class. Especially given, like, like what Jake said, how, how that, I would, I mean, yeah, how so much of the mid to late lottery has has struggled. Um, I think that the ceiling is. There. Wait,
0: now that we know Sharif is good, like I'm comfortable saying that he's good. Um, can we look back on how much of a joke experience that Mayfair McEachern game was? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never seen a worse context to evaluate any basketball players and like we could potentially be looking back on that game in about like five or six years and two of the most prolific point guard prospects in Dior Johnson and Sharif Cooper could have been both in that game and when I oh, think and, Josh, when I was and Christopher yeah, yeah I, was,
2: I was I was not positive where you were going with that for a second I no. thought you were going to be talking of John no, no, no.
0: all right that's without that and way too hot Max, Max, we made a mistake. <laughs> that, would been, that would have been way too hot for my debut. But yeah, um, Dior, like, we could. There's a very, yeah, there's sorry, like a boy. chance we're looking back on this, and Dior and Sharif are these like two sure. incredibly innovative, skilled, creative guards. And you would have been like, oh, what if they ever matched up against each other? And like, oh, actually, they did, and it was borderline unwatchable. And, like. <laughs>
2: That reminds me of the, the Peach Jam game, uh, Grant Williams against Jason Tatum. It's the same exact thing. Really?
0: I, I mean, I'm not, not like lucky same enough same to have access to, same, it, to that. the same exact film, thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that must be nice.
2: It's actually fun. I'm going to it to say it's because it's <laughs> oh, Jason was Jason was a dope Peach Jam. Player. Jason was
0: an I, incredible high school player. Um, I remember yeah, he that.
2: Was really good. <laughs> he, he was a really good wing scorer. Um, he was a lot of fun. All right. Does that conclude the main portion of our uh, of our episode?
0: Yeah, yeah I think so. I got it all out.
2: All right, catching eye. i <laughs>
0: um, catching eye. I'll go. You want me to go all my guys at once? Sure. Yeah, right. Um. Me. So Alan Flanagan was fun and intriguing. Um. Th- this is the I wa- my first full Auburn game was the Sharif Cooper debut. I had seen clips of Alan Flanagan on the timeline, of him just pulling up from absurd distances.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Just let's just at yeah. Uh, Alan Flanagan is a real prospect at above
0: the break three. I think Alan Flanagan might be a guy. I don't know how level, what level of guy, but I think he he's interesting. Um, like six six, stocky frame, strong dude, very comfortable taking off the dribble threes, very almost prefers the step back. Um, He had one of those fame possessions where he had like a semi open catch and shoot three, but now we're going to pump fake and sidestep for a, for a step back three. That's gotta, right. lo- gotta <laughs> love guys wired like that. Um, And I think Flanagan is pretty much the epitome of that from what I've seen. Um, I want to, I, I, I don't know where he is yet. I want to see more of the defense. Um, On offense, I want to see more of him leveraging his strength. He had one really good drive where he kind of dislodged someone with that frame and got up a floater with some soft touch. kind of want to see more of that. Uh, He settles at times and can definitely uh, be guilty of trying to do too much, Uh, especially when Sharif was out and he was handling the load with Justin Powell out. uh, he, He did look a little bit overextended. I think he's more of a wing scorer, kind of a microwave guy, I'd assume, but nonetheless intriguing. Uh, and then I have high schooler Grady Dick. Um, he's class of 2022 uh, in the Sunrise Christian game I watched. I, I've really, yeah, stuff I mean, here. so great. I've had, I've known about him. For, I mean, he, he, he's definitely been a known guy um, for a while now. Almost made the U16 team, the team U16 team USA team that where AJ Griffin AJ Griffin broke out, Jabari Smith broke out at that tournament. Uh I remember Grady Dick was when I talked to anyone who's there, said he played really well and kind of was everyone's biggest unlike pleasant surprise of the week. Um we're talking about a six, seven I thought he was a knockdown shooter talking to people in the area. They don't think he has that level of a shot. I'm interested to see where the percentages are because he has about as clean of a clean of a two motion jumper as you're ever going to see. Um it's not quite Matt Hurt release behind the head. It's more of just a rise in fire. And he had one where it, it barely touched the net. Absolutely gorgeous. Like I said, six seven, great frame. Think he can put on more weight. Um, he's a real athlete. How to rotate he rotated over for a week side block, how to put back dunk. Um, I just think he, he could be a really nice ancillary piece for someone someday. I don't it's a little bit early to see how. Big of a prospect he is, just a junior, but uh, he's definitely someone to watch this summer when AAU picks back up. Oh, also, I have one more guy. This guy is not a prospect by any means, but he was just a ton of fun to watch. Um, If you guys watch the Stanford versus Washington game, freshman point guard Michael O'Connell for Stanford was very fun. Um, Takes care of the ball, scrappy on defense, did some research, and just want to give him a quick shout-out. He is the only recruit in the history, like since the inception of recruiting rankings, to rank top 100 in in lacrosse in the country and top 100 in basketball in the country. So we're talking about a stud athlete. Um, I think he can be like, he's going to turn into one of those just like elite glue guy, college point guards. Um, and with Stanford having some injuries, I think, um, he got an added role and has made the most of it. So definitely a fun guy to keep tabs on. Ben, do you have
1: anyone? Uh, In our first Prep to Pro um, we talked about Dylan DeSue and DJ Stewart in our Catching Eye section. Wait, so you think... have to
2: specify which DJ Stewart. Yeah, that came.
1: freaks right, me out. Yeah. DJ, DJ. Stewart. DJ, DJ Stewart of Michigan's, of Mississippi State. Before he was like, this year he's like kind of broken out and seems like might be a real prospect. This was like very in the weeds. We also talked about Santee Aldama, and we actually um talked about Bones Highland Ooh. on that one fun fact. We did? Yeah, we did. Oh my god, we're such um, I did actually, Max. You had no idea. So, <laughs> we were, we were, I was we were early on bones, but um, my point there being um mm-hmm. I think Jake is clear, clearly has the right idea of what this and what this end segment is all about. Um I, talking about two like guys. Like, I have never quick interjection. About. I
0: do remember the Michael O'Connell one is cheating because like he, he's just a non-prospect and like I only know about him because I follow lac- lacrosse recruiting and it was like a big deal when he decommitted from maryland to go play basketball so, I, follow lacrosse I, I mean it, i i like
1: lacrosse um <laughs> so heard it first you're gonna have some you, you know look out for maybe some lacrosse but, content on on SportsPro. Lacrosse, uh, <laughs> lacrosse and
0: basketball and i have made a vow that i will write this piece at some point lacrosse and basketball are extremely <laughs> extremely similar and I will write it, and you get, and you will read it, and you will understand where I'm coming from. They're very, very similar. The listeners can't see Max and I shaking our heads sh- right now. That's a, that's
2: a, that sounds like a blind retweet and a and a not actually. I mean, look,
0: <laughs> Max is shaking his head because I know he's never picked up a lacrosse stick before. Like, I, I, <laughs> I I've picked up a lacrosse
2: stick, I think two times. They run in my pick life. and
0: rolls in in lacrosse, Max. All right. Anyways, I, I do remember just a quick little anecdote. I do remember listening <laughs> to the first air prep to pro and, and some, I don't forgot which one of you guys was saying like Dylan Dissu. And I was like, who is that? Like, what? Who first is one. this guy? Where did I they know, find I, him I from? Yeah. And so I'm definitely going to try to continue doing the catching eye segment where you're forced to look up who I say. So, yeah, that should be
1: fun. Yeah. Thinking about my favorite catching eye moments. Um, I can't think of his name. Um, PD brought up some like Like German, German (laughs) some like some like youth league German point (laughs) guard that that was dropping like fifty a game on only layup. And
2: German Wilt, who's like five (laughs) eleven. Um,
1: that that one sticks out. Um, I I can't think of his name. PD also like I think has the record for youngest guy. He talked about like go I, 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 rising high school freshman. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know. if I'm gonna be able to break that. Whose name has escaped me? So, um, yeah, it clearly looks like continuing on the spirit. Of-
0: I'm, no, I'm giving fair warning. Like a lot of my catching eye guys will be high school basketball, uh, high school, and not necessarily like the blue chip guys. Um, high school basketball was how I even like broke into like draft Twitter, if you want to call it. Um, I was watching the circuit for fun because that's what I did uh, in high, and I, what I still do, and uh, there's nothing I like more than the UIBL sessions. Um, so I watch a ton of high school basketball, so Grady, Grady Dick was kind of just tip of the iceberg. I can say that.
2: Um, all right, well, now it feels very lame to just talk about Jared Butler, myself, <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, well, I, I did want to mention that, that, um, it seems like Jared Butler has taken like a pretty nice step forward as a defensive player. Like in the in the past, uh, I had not thought that he was a good defensive player, and um, uh, whoa, I think it was the Illinois game that I watched. Like he was really, really good defensively, like on and off the ball. Um, just had some like great uh, lateral movement moments, just like stopping drives, and then was like quite good off the ball as well. And so if he if he's just like a pretty good uh combo guard defender now, uh he's a much more interesting prospect. Uh I mean I, I don't like I don't think that he's some crazy good prospect. Like I he's I don't think that he'll ever be a first round guy for me or anything, but uh you know, just like well-rounded, solid combo guard. Um, and I think that it just like it it, it increases my confidence of him sticking in the league by a lot.
0: That is fair
1: i'm excited for the jared butler discourse yeah, in the I'd,
0: future on the i mean i i think the last sentence in my jared butler write-up was i'm comfortable enough to have him top 20 without grazing the rim skills pay the bills <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> so there you go yeah jared, jared butler's
0: still hunting that first yeah, dunk Three. Years sharif cooper getting his first dunk for jared butler is is not oh. a good look for the third year point guard for you yeah and for me probably I I think I had a tweet in the summer like can't wait for Sharif to shoot like sixty five percent at the room without registering a dunk, and
2: yeah, I was mad. I was surprised. I didn't I I was not sure that he. I it. yeah,
0: um, I mean once I saw that Isaac Okoro was also surprised and has probably played with Sharif for like eight <laughs> years. Like I don't know, they go way back, and he's probably seen every Sharif dunk attempt there is. Um, once I saw that he was also surprised, I knew that okay, like Sharif kind of did something there.
2: Yeah, and 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 like. It wasn't. It wasn't the. Oh no! Yeah,
0: by you no know. means did he like tear down the rim. <laughs>
2: but it was technically Ducks, Ducks. A dunk. Ducks. Yeah. It uh, before
0: we do end this, I just got an alert. Um, wait till you guys see the ending, Cade sequence in the Kansas game. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh.
2: Okay. Did that
0: game end up being okay, uh, Oklahoma State was at, like 15 the entire game. Kansas came back and Cade, both literally and figuratively, saved the game. Oh, God. Oh, man.
2: So, I just saw the contest. Saves it.
1: Uh, what? Back, I think oh, we're at the exact God. same place. Oh, my God. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, oh he's, so he's so good.
0: So, I'll definitely be going to watch that game right after we are recording <laughs> this.
2: Yeah, I'll have to watch that one. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, it's all... Caden's always is good fun.
1: good Yep.
2: All right, all right, boys.
1: I think that, that will do it. Um... Definitely bittersweet uh, for me, at least. It's been like, like I said, an incredible ten months. I think this is episode eighty-two. Um, if, I, if off the top of my head, that might be wrong. So, something like that. Um, from just an idea I had that turned into a thing very quickly when Max bullied me into <laughs> starting this podcast, and to to my and maybe his surprise, actually, we actually did it um, <laughs> and, and made it happen. Um, it's been an incredible, like uh, ten months. Um, the support and the platform we've built is truly unbelievable. Um, again, a huge thanks to everyone who supported me and has supported Max, and who's going to continue to support Max and Jake because the podcast isn't going anywhere and it's going to keep being awesome. Um, I am fully confident in that. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll we'll outro one last time. Um, thanks to everyone who listened and follow the pod on Twitter at Prep Number Two Pro Pod. Follow Max on Twitter at Max A Carlin. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Underscore Pfeiffer Underscore. Follow Jake on Twitter at Jake in the Paint. And one last time, I was they. Uh, we'll see you all in the next episode.